You may have noticed that there's more silence after the, the communion song. And this is intentional. We want to give people more time to rest in that beautiful love that fills us in that moment of holy communion. After we received our Lord, lifted our hearts in grateful song, there's a moment of silence where we can retire deep within ourselves and just be with the Lord in that moment of intimacy. You can also watch me purify the sacred vessels, but that's not as exciting as spending a few more minutes with our Lord Jesus. Just let you know that's a gift we hope you will all take advantage of. So like clockwork, on every first Sunday of Lent, the focus is on temptation. And so today, we are going to focus on the topic of temptation and how it relates to baptism, our baptism. And I want to begin in a certain way. Let's imagine for a moment someone comes up to you and to me. And without any flattery, without trying to be polite or nice, with all sincerity, this person says to you and I, do you realize how absolutely amazing and incredible you are? What would we do with that? Would we be able to fully accept and believe that about ourselves? Would this take us by surprise? Would it make us suspicious? Or would we be inclined to deny it altogether as not possibly true about ourselves? The good news, my friends, is that this is absolutely true about you and about me. And if we don't believe it, someone has lied to us and we have believed that lie. We believe in our Catholic faith that Jesus Christ coming into this world, sharing with us our human nature, that his coming is the full and greatest revelation not only about God, but about you and me. What is true about Jesus in his humanity is also true about us. 
In order to fully appreciate this, let's look at two moments in the life of Jesus where the Heavenly Father revealed his heart about his son Jesus, where the Father proclaimed and affirmed the truth about Jesus. The first one was when he was baptized in the Jordan, right before he begins his public ministry. And the second time is the Mount of Transfiguration, right before he begins his passion and death on the cross. The Father's voice is heard three times in the scriptures. And these are two of those times. And of all the things the Father could proclaim and affirm, this is what he says both times. You are my beloved son. In you is my great delight and good pleasure. This is what the Father wanted Jesus to know more than anything else at the beginning and throughout his public ministry and especially before he begins his passion and death on the cross. You are mine and I love you and I cherish you you belong to me, and I am your Father. What is true about Christ in his holy humanity is true about us. When we were baptized, this was the moment of great revelation when God revealed to each one of us and to our parents, whoever was there at that moment, where God the Father revealed his heart and the same words he spoke over his son Jesus are the same words that he pronounced over you and me. You are mine. You belong to me. You are my child, my daughter, my son, and I absolutely love you with an eternal love. And you are my great joy and treasure of my heart. My good pleasure is all in you. The reason why Jesus was so fully and deeply happy, why he was so free, why he had so much peace and confidence, why he was not controlled or influenced by what other people thought about him is because he knew who he was. He knew that he was infinitely loved 
And this is what gave him the strength to stay on that cross and give his life to the end. Now comes temptation. Isn't it striking where the devil tempts our Lord in the desert? Right in the place of identity. Right after he heard the Father affirm his identity as beloved son, the devil goes right after it. Twice the devil says, if you are the son of God, trying to get Jesus to doubt this identity or to twist it and reinterpret it and insert his lies. Remember that Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. And he also calls him a thief and a robber. We are so worried about identity theft in our culture. My dear friends, we should be even more concerned about the one who wants to steal our baptismal identity our true and greatest identity in Christ as beloved children. And notice how this is also where the devil goes after the transfiguration when Jesus is on the cross. The devil is now speaking through the mocking, jeering crowd. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross again trying to reinterpret the truth that the Father proclaimed and affirmed. But Jesus will have none of it. He does not buy the deceit and the lies of the devil. And again, this is what allows him to stay fastened on that cross. With us, the devil takes other tactics. Yes, he would like to deceive us and reinterpret our baptismal identity as a child of God. And before I go on, let me make sure that we understand, my friends, there is no greater identity or dignity that could be conferred on a creature, on a human being, than to become a child of God. You can't go higher. No other identity is greater than that. And to belong to God is to belong to someone who is greater than all, than anyone else. And there's no one who cherishes and loves us more than God. With an infinite love, we are loved. So where does the devil attack us? Identity. He would love to steal it away from you and I. And what he does mainly with us is he tries to prevent us from knowing it or to keep us in ignorance of it or to encourage us to forget it amidst all the distractions of life. Or 
Here's his greatest tactic in our culture, to allure us into the game of masquerading and competing for the many false identities that our secular culture seeks and parades around us. And with TV and the social media, the bombardment of false standards of identity and self-worth is so relentless and constant that very few make it through life without falling in to these snares and traps. And then once a vacuum is made, when a person is not grounded in their baptismal identity, the devil wants to fill the vacuum with many counterfeits. And here's some examples. How many people seek their worth and identity in the work they do, in their achievements, in the clothes they wear, in the cars they drive, in their physical appearance, their figure, their muscles, in the houses they own, in who they know, in their social status, in their natural gifts of intellect, athleticism, or sense of humor, and I could go on. And all of these are false. And a false identity and sense of worth is like a house of sand that is ready to come tumbling down at any minute. And this is what leads into or is part of another game. We call it the compare game. Everyone is comparing themselves with other people in what they have, how they look, how, what they own, everything. And no one wins that game, absolutely no one. The first time it was played was with Cain and Abel. Cain was jealous of his brother Abel, and he ended up becoming jealous, envious, and killing his brother. And we've been playing that game ever since. And yet our true identity and self-worth does not depend on these false standards of measuring our worth and our value and our identity. And these false identities are the source of so much misery, unhappiness, anxiety, depression, stress, and many other things. And it's unnecessary because people are buying the lies because they don't know who they are. In God. So my dear friends, how Jesus rejects the lies and temptation is by coming against them with the truth from the heart and the mouth of his Father. That's how he rejects the temptations. And this is what we need to do as well. 
This morning, let us pray to our Heavenly Father who revealed his heart and wants to reveal his heart today in the truth about us that reveals how absolutely amazing and incredible we are. We just forget it or we don't fully know it. I'm just going to invite us to bow our heads and we're going to ask for our Heavenly Father to intervene in this moment. And we're going to ask for the Father's blessing upon us. Heavenly Father, what a delight it must be for you to look upon these dear children gathered here today around your altar. Heavenly Father, we are so sorry for all the ways known and unknown that we have opened our hearts to lies, lies about ourselves, lies about our true dignity and worth. And in the name of Jesus, we renounce every single lie that does not conform to the truth that you revealed in our baptism and in the moment we were conceived. Father, we need to hear your voice today. Pronounce again into us that powerful word of truth. When you created the world and you stood back and you said with great joy and delight, it is very good. Confirm us, Lord, in our inherent intrinsic goodness that nothing can change. And Lord, seal it into our body, into every part of our humanity. And Father, open the ears of our hearts to now hear once again the truth you proclaimed when we were baptized. You are my beloved daughter, beloved son. You are mine. You belong to me. You are precious to me and honored. And in you is my great joy and delight. Lord, write this truth upon our hearts and our minds and seal it upon every part and cell of our bodies and cover us with the protection of the precious blood of Jesus. Amen.